Welcome to the podcast for Centerpoint Church. Located in the heart of Concord, New Hampshire, Centerpoint is all about living and sharing a life-changing relationship with Jesus. The message today is a part of that journey, and we are glad to have you join us. Well, good morning. It's good to see you. It's good to be with you. It's good to worship God with you. And uh, if you're a guest with us this morning, we want to welcome you especially. We're glad you're here. I know, like, if this is your first time here, it can feel a little bit awkward. Like, what do we do and stand up, sit down? Where do I go for these things? But we got folks around who will help you find your way. So don't hesitate to ask and do know that we love having you here with us. All right? So wherever you're at on your spiritual journey, you belong here with us. Because all of us are, are working at uh, what it looks like for us to follow Jesus. And, and we're asking ourselves a lot of questions of... Um, of that relationship with him. And through these weekend messages, we're asking ourselves a lot of questions about what does it mean to be us? How do, how do we take this journey together? What does it mean to be us? And so uh, we're here together and we hold out our questions together. Isn't one of the questions that we ask ourselves, uh, who is God? What does he look like? Like we, we want to see God, I think. I mean, sometimes like those who have asked, like Moses asked to see God, and it was pretty intimidating. God is bigger than what we can take in with our eyes. But, but there's a part of us like, wouldn't it be something if we could have lived when Jesus was alive? Like, oh, we want to see this thing. Or if we were like, around during the prophets and we're thinking like, if we only see the, the fire do something, if we only see the mountains shake, then if we could see God, just catch a glimpse of God. And so we ask ourselves the question, what does God look like? And, and wouldn't it be something if we could see God? Well, Scripture actually tells us that we, have, we do get to see God. Like, we catch glimpses of who God is. We've been spending some time the past few weeks uh, hanging out with a guy named John, one of Jesus' followers, and he recorded the Gospel of John for us. As a matter of fact, right at the very beginning of the Gospel of John, John chapter 1, verse 18, listen to what he says here around this question of, uh, you know, can we see God? Will we ever be able to see God? One eighteen. Let me find it on the right page here. In 118, he says this, no one has ever seen God, we get this part, but the one and only son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the father, he has made him known. So John's answer to that question, like, will we ever get to see God? He comes right out of the shoot in the gospel of John says, in Jesus, in Jesus, you see Jesus, you see the father. He has made him known. And John does something that's a little bit surprising. Because we go through the Gospels and we pick up again with some letters towards the end of our New Testament. And this is where we're going to be spending some time here today. And what John says here in 1 John is actually a little bit mystifying. It's exciting, maybe even a little bit troubling. So in Jesus, caught a glimpse of God, he made him known. How is God made known now? Like Jesus isn't walking around. John says in John chapter four, the answer is you. You're the one who makes him known. God is revealed in you. Let's read this uh, together. John chapter four. John chapter 4, and we're going to look at verses 7 through 12. John chapter 4, 
beginning of verse 7, he says this. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love, not that, God, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. It's pretty remarkable, isn't and it, it's Joe? It's amazing. Like to think about that. Like we often don't think about ourselves as God carriers, as uh, people that others can look at and see God. But yet this is what John is actually talking about here in 1 John 4. You know, before we dive in and talk about this more, let me just, let me pray for us. Uh, God, through your spirit, would you awaken us today that we might see you and catch a glimpse of you even in our gathered space here together? God, teach us who you are. Teach us your love. Show us the way. Give us eyes to see. Give us ears to hear. Give us hearts that are good soil for your word that you plant in us by your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Yeah, it's pretty remarkable. It is. You know, as we talk about this, it's been fun to be able to talk together about this uh, throughout the week mm-hmm. and to see how God reveals himself. Yeah, it is remarkable. It? And I think you also touched on, on, on another point that it is rightly so. It's remarkable, it's amazing, it's exciting, but it's also a little bit terrifying. Sure. Right? So John is telling us that, yeah, look at Jesus if you want to know who God is. So the kind of the, the saying of, uh, like father, like son. You could reverse here, like son, like father. What we see revealed in Jesus is who God actually is. And yet John pushes the envelope and he, and he goes on to say, look, because you're in Jesus, if you've received him by grace through faith, uh, you individually and then y'all as a body, as a church, as his people, um, all of y'all and all of you individually, you actually reveal God to the world. And then specifically, as we'll see, uh, later in this passage, it's particularly in our love for one another. That's right. Like the thing that we never graduate from is love. That's right. Because he himself is love. Because he is love. That's right. Yeah. You know, and, and John really draws that out. He doesn't just really say that God is loving. No. He says God is Which you can infer from, but right? Love. Like, but he is. Yeah. Ver- verse eight of this passage, right? Like he, it, he ends with that. God yeah. is love. God is love. Now, I think some of what we do in our day, and you, maybe you've known this too, as we talk about love, mm-hmm. like a lot of people are like talking about love in this day. So one of the things we've done is we've reversed this and we've said, love is God. I mean, we don't mm-hmm. say that, but we act a little bit like love is God. Yeah. But that's not what John is saying here. And it's important <laughs> that we clarify those things because as we have made an idol of love, we actually want to tear that down. Because that's not who he is. God is love. And so as God is love, that means he moves towards us for our good. That's right. Like that's what love does. Yep. It moves towards us for our good. And that comes loaded with uh, grace. Mm-hmm. And it comes loaded with truth. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, John said back in his gospel, when Jesus came, he came full of grace and truth. If Jesus is who 
God is. Yep. Means he came, he is love. Right. Right, we see that all over the place. And how did Jesus come? He came full of grace and truth. Yep. Not one or the other, but full of grace and truth. And so that's how God moves towards us for our good right. and his glory. Yep, exactly. God is love. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's important too to, to kind of distinguish, so, so, so you're kind of teasing out what love is from a biblical perspective, which is really important, right? Because there's a whole bunch of definitions of love out there uh, and that's nothing new. Right. But we, we happen in modern Western culture, we have some definitions for what love looks like and what we think love is. And, you know, it, it just, in my time walking with the Lord, what I found is I always have to come back to how does he define love? So I think, I think it's important to actually define that term. I think it's also important for us to, in brief, kind of define God. Yeah. Right, because, again, we live in a day and age where spirituality is at a really high, so people will say, I practice spirituality. That can mean a whole bunch of things to a whole bunch of different people. And we want to honor that and respect that, and we want to say, however, this this revelation that God has given to us through his word and through his son in particular, who is the embodied word of God, uh, this is who God is and this is what love actually looks like. And so, so when John's talking about God, there, there's an assumption here that he's actually talking about God as revealed from Genesis all the way to the end of the Bible. That's right. right? So, so who is God then? And I think that's important. So God is, he's three yep. in one. That's right. Like, if you I mean, that's an easy concept to pick up on. Right, yeah, exactly. Right, we, we all know that, right? <laughs> right it's one of the mind-blowing it's aspects totally of mind who blowing. God is. Three in one. Right. But there he is, Father, Son, Spirit. Yep. One, yet right. there's distinctions. Right, and, and we don't have time to get into the full of this, but we, we actually can't understand and experience love apart from another being, right? That's right. And, and so God within himself, uh, one, one gentleman said it really well. He said that God within himself is unity in diversity within the community of the Trinity. God is unity in diversity within the community of the Trinity, yeah. right? So he himself, it's this dance within God himself, this divine dance between Father, Son, and Spirit, and, and they can't help in that community, bubble out in love. So what we know about God is that he's actually not Baptist. If he, dance, if he dances, there's... Because he's dancing. That's just no good. <laughs> Somebody had to. Somebody had to. Somebody was thinking it. You know, and, and that's one of the things that can happen in, in our day as we talk about spirituality is uh, it kind of becomes this God. Yeah. And God, we, we get to define... God for ourselves. So you, you've probably talked with people like this. They try to define God for themselves. Maybe even some of you have wrestled with that, trying to define God for yourself on your own terms. But he doesn't allow us to do that. Like from Genesis to Revelation, he shows us who he is, beginning in creation and then all the way to new creation. He shows us who he is. But then he drills down in this space where he has shown us who he is and what love looks like. That's right. Right? And, he, and he tells us, right, even in this, even in this passage, it's so, there's so much packed in such a small space here in this passage. Yeah, read right. 9 and 10 again. Right, yeah, so, so he ends verse 8 by saying God is love, and then verse 9 says this is how God showed his love among us. So, so he's, he's saying that love is more than simply an emotion, right, so, or an affection towards an object 
of delight. So in other words, God does actually have emotions. He does actually have feelings. We're made in his image. That's part of what it means to be made in his image. And so he has love in the emotive, affective sense towards you, towards me, towards us. And love is also an action. It's a commitment. It is a faithful upholding of his promises from Genesis all the way to the end of scripture. Okay. And, and so this is what love is. And we go, okay, so what is love then? Verse nine, this is how he showed that love. He sent his only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, meaning we didn't love him first, but he loved us first and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So he's showing us, again, there's an effective emotion aspect to it, but the word here, love, is actually agape, which is a faithful commitment of God in self-sacrificial love to actually pursue us in our waywardness and in our brokenness. Right, so he has said, this is how I'm going to move towards you. Exactly. I will be your God, right. you will be my people, right? right. That's, that's covenant language. Yes. And how, what God said he would do towards us. And so agape love is him living into that. That's it's right. fulfilling, becoming the fulfillment of that. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think that's really important, right? Because in, in our culture, uh, you can hear me say things like that. Like if you're around me for, in the course of a week, you might hear me go, oh, I love Jesus. Or you might hear me go, I love my wife. Or you might hear me go, I love dark chocolate. I love whiteboards. Or especially today, you might be crying out loud. Why are you bringing up that? You gotta let me get to it. I I was setting it up. I was working my way towards it. This is what love is. I love listening to Joe talk about the Eagles. (laughs) And you bear with me in that because you love me. (laughs) Only because. Right, does that, but that makes sense, right? So like, yeah. we, so like love becomes almost a junk drawer term in our culture where we, we can apply it to all these different things. Yeah. And we just want to be really clear here this morning. Like, that's not the kind of love that we're talking about. That's right. The kind of love that we're talking about is this self-sacrificial within the Trinity, within this community. He only knows how to self-sacrifice, love others in this outward working pursuit of us. And John says, it's revealed through the atoning sacrifice of Jesus. Now what? Does that mean? Yeah, that dynamic is an interesting one. That, that atonement speaks of what it takes to reconcile with God. Yeah. Like the, the, the atonement is what had to happen to bring us back into relationship with God. Because we were, we were created to walk with him. Like we were created, welcomed into Trinity. Welcome to the dance, baby. Yeah, welcome to the yeah. dance. Are we, allowed to, are we allowed to do that, though? Well, that was pre-denomination, so I think it was fine. And so that, that's the nature of what goes back all the way to creation. He welcomed us into this. We were made for it. We were made for it, to be with him, like right. we're together right here. Right. And then to spread that throughout all of creation and to stay with him throughout all creation. Like we were, but, but, but we didn't. Like, here's this incredible thing we're invited into. Right. And I know, like, a lot of us are thinking, can't, we can't wait to, like, see Adam and Eve because I totally want to throat punch them. <laughs> right? So, like, we, we, we can put blame on this thing, but let's be honest. You and I do the same thing. But then we have to throat punch each other. We have to throat punch each other, <laughs> which might happen after the Eagles game. So, <laughs> and, but, and, and so what happened is we all chose rejection of God. We rejected yeah. God's life. We rejected God's abundance, his provision. Mm -hmm. We rejected walking with him. We rejected his love. 
we rejected his law because he has said, here's the way life works. Mm-hmm. And we said, nah, I got this. Like got we it. wanted autonomy. Yeah. Right. So we so, wanted wisdom apart from him. We wanted exactly. understanding apart from him. Exactly. We wanted life apart from him. Yep. And he gave it to us. C- correct. Like that, like we wanted it and he gave it to us. Right. Just like I want it someday, you want it. And he gives it to you. Like when you shake your fist at him and go, I want to do this on my own. God says, all right. And that's absolutely the worst thing for us. Like that, that, that's the package that we call sin. Sometimes we make sin such a small pocket sized right. thing of, I just disobeyed. But sin is this whole package of rejection and rebellion. Right. How in the world could we overcome that? Right, because we're left in that. We're steeped in it. Yes. Our world runs off of it. It doesn't run on Duncan. It runs on <laughs> sin and rebellion. Right. Right, which, which leads to, like Paul says this in Romans, like the wages of sin, so, so the earnings of, that, of those choices is, is death. Yeah. Right. And oftentimes we think about that in the, fi- like in the final sense of life That's ending right. in death, right? Which is absolutely a part of it. And it's the little moments that we choose of death each day as we stand at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and go, you know, I actually don't want to listen to God on this. I, I, think, I think I know what's best. That's right. Boop, I take it that. And I, what I'm actually doing in that moment is it, it's sin, but it's, it's actually I'm choosing death rather than choosing life yeah. in that moment. And then it ultimately leads to this estrangement between me and God and us and God, right? That's right. And then us and one another, because it wasn't just the vertical relationship with God that's affected by this. It's the horizontal relationship between people and then our relationship with all of creation that's right. is affected by this. And so he promises, like this is the amazing part about God in that passage in Genesis chapter three is he promises Adam and Eve after cursing the serpent and saying that the ground is now cursed. He looks at the woman and he says, look, there's gonna be negative consequences to this. And at the man, there's gonna be negative consequences to this because of your decision but I'm actually gonna uphold my promise to lovingly pursue you and I'm gonna raise up one, one day who's gonna come from your line, who's gonna make all this right and reverse the curse. That's right. And so John is going, yep, right here. So he's got this whole backdrop in mind when he says that Christ is the atoning sacrifice. That's right. And it's born out, of, it's, it's a revelation of God's love. Exactly. It's not, it's not a revelation of God's anger. It's a revelation Correct. of God's love. Yes. Like John three sixteen. a lot of us know this one. If you watch ball games you've seen it on the signs right John three sixteen. for God so loved like this is how he loved the world That's right. is he gave his one and only son yep. so we might have life and so John the same guy who wrote that wrote this so he's drawing us into yep. this whole dynamic that like God showed his love through the atoning sacrifice of Jesus that through his death on the cross on the cross which is totally we, not a way to exercise which power. everybody understood as a symbol of curse yep he actually took that upon himself. He bore our sin. sin. That's right. On himself. That's right. Yep. Out of love that we might be free. It's not ours to carry anymore. So we right. don't have to look at God here with only longing. This, oh, if we could be with him again. We've actually been, like the work has been done to be with him again. Correct. And it wasn't the work that I did. It wasn't the work that you did. As no, great, as, great no as you are. We could do. But there is nothing that we can do about right, that. Maybe, maybe they could, they could yeah. do it. Some are really good. But not you. Not Definitely not me. <laughs> the atoning sacrifice of Jesus is what opens that door. Yeah, he makes us at one with God, right? So kind of that, right. that pithy word play on at sure. one right? At one meant atonement. He makes us at one with the Father. So um, he draws us into that. It, it, right. 
but but it's it, it it's actually think of the atonement of Jesus less like the um, the destination and more as a threshold to the destination. Yes. Right? There is no other doorway in. Jesus even talked about himself as a doorway. Yeah, that's right. He said, I'm the gate. I'm, that's right. Yeah, I'm the gate. I'm the, I'm the gate. And so when we talk about this atonement, it's not that the atonement and we stop. It's actually the atonement is what invites us into this fullness and flourishing of life because that's the life yes. that God gives. It's yeah. the, it it it's, takes us back to a taste of Eden, if you will, right. but it draws us into fullness of life. There is no other, they can't sneak in a window. There's no like basement cubby. There's no tunnel from the neighbors. It's zip line. Maybe? He is, there is no zip line and it is just him. He is the door. He is the one, the threshold through which we pass by faith into this life. Right. Cause Jesus says that we can experience that eternal life now. Yeah. He says, this is eternal life. And John it begins now that, that they know me and by knowing me, they know the father, which starts now. Yeah. That's the amazing part behind it. You're right. And so he's the door that we, that we walk through in faith. And then there's this whole life behind it, which I think connects really well with John here in verse nine. He sent his son to the world that we might live through him. That's right. Right. So not like we trust in him so that one day we would be with him. No, no, no. We, we trust in him so that one day we would be with him. And right now. That's right. And right now we all can be with him in this moment, in this life. Because he's not just the door. He's the way that we, on which we walk, right? Yeah. So there's just, yeah, there's so much. Are you, like, are you we, attracted we with this? this like, we're having a good time up here. <laughs> you guys coming along with this? So like there's this gift that God has given, this gift of his love that he right. has given us and he has shown us. Well, and what's amazing about this is then, then he says that we're born of God. That's right. Right, so in verse, in verse seven, he says, everybody who loves has been born of God and knows him. And this links us to, um, you brought this up when we were talking earlier, to John three. Yeah. Yeah, when, we're, when we look at that, did you catch that in there in, in verse seven? Uh, we love one another. Love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God. Like their love shows you've been born of God. This whole notion of being born of God. It's something that, that John takes us back to, if, kind of flip back into John chapter three, if you want to. Jesus is having this conversation with uh, Nicodemus, one of the teachers of the law. And I don't know if he was like sent there or he had kind of this curiosity himself, but he's talking to Jesus and he's drawing in this, uh, this new reality. And Jesus is explaining to him how this works, right? So look at verse three. Jesus replied, truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again, born anew. Do you see how John's developing that theme here? Like we see this in the epistles, here's, here's his gospel, this dynamic of being born anew. Born again isn't just uh, the name of a book from the 70s or the way that we identify ourselves as a group, born again Christians. This is something that Jesus is talking about. A person has to be born again. There's coming into this new life, passing, scripture even talks about passing from death to life. Right, from being an enemy of God to being a friend of God. Yeah, and so this new life that we receive through the atonement is described as being born of God. Now, of course, Nicodemus, wise man that he was, he says, so let me get this straight. How can a man go back into his mother's womb to be born again? Like, that's creepy, Nicodemus. And yet that's the question. And, and it mystifies us too, doesn't it? it like, okay, it, it's inviting me into something that I'm not familiar with, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's different than what I'm used to. Right. Because I am well steeped, I'm well trained in like life the way the world works. 
The life of rebellion makes sense to me. The life of stubbornness makes sense to me. The life of sin, it makes sense to me. I've been well trained in that. And, and yet there's something that through Christ, being born into, being born of God, mm-hmm. that Jesus is talking about here. Listen, as he, Jesus responds, very truly, verse five, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water, like tangible stuff, spirit, Flesh gives birth to spirit, or excuse me, flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. Yeah. Right, so, and I think Jesus is even, like, he's okay with not resolving Nicodemus's tension. No, he actually wants to create the tension because it's in the tension that God can do profound work. That's right. Yep. That's right. So even as we wrestle with this ourselves, he invites that wrestling. Mm-hmm. He invites that tension. Right. He invites those moments where you go, what? So if you ever found yourself like, interacting with God going, what? That makes no sense to me. Good, that means you're paying attention. Because <laughs> that's what he does. Right. Not to be a jerk, nope. but because it actually draws something out. It, like it does something in us. And so this notion of being born of God, John is bringing us back to this because he wants us to settle in this. Mm-hmm. Like this love, this life that we receive through the sacrifice of Jesus is not something that can be fabricated on our own. It's not something that can be worked out on our own. It's something that is of God. Right, it's something that we must receive in order to give. That's right. We can't muster it up. No. Because I think sometimes, you know, even as we've talked these last few weeks, I can have the impression that I just got to work harder at loving other people, uh, at loving each other. Sure. But this, this is not what it's talking about. No. It's not saying, okay, you came to Christ, now work harder. Correct. There's a work of his grace. Right. That we cooperate with and yeah. we participate in. That's right. But it's actually through receiving that love. It's through resting in the promises. It's through resting in what Jesus finished on the cross. Right, I think, and I think that's where, so, so this passage here with Nicodemus, you want to know what it means to be born again, we'll, we'll keep reading the gospel. Keep, keep reading John, and, he, and he'll show you what that means. And then when he writes his letter that we're looking at in 1 John chapter 4, you know, he's got this all in the backdrop. So just, just to like make it really clear, when, when he's talking about being born again, that born again can only happen because God initiated the love. And what was the love? It was Christ's atoning sacrifice on the cross. The atoning sacrifice took our sin and bore that for us on our behalf. Should have been us. It wasn't. It was him bearing that for us. And, and that is how we become born again, is we receive that finished work by grace, God's undeserved favor, through faith, yep. trusting in the finished work of That's Jesus. Right. Say, yeah, I'm going to take you at your word. This is what you've done. And so it's then and only then... That, that what happens to the inside state of a person is we're made new. We're brought from death to life, from darkness into the light. And we're made new in the now, which is the amazing part. Right. And, it's as, and it's after that happens, that's the door, right? And now we're walking on the path, but we're born of God. He gives us the spirit. So now the spirit of God dwells in you individually and he dwells in us collectively together as a people. So the same spirit, to quote Paul from Romans, that raised Jesus from the dead, that same spirit now lives in you. And lives in me. That's really profound. Like that's really, really yeah. profound. Yeah. It so, is. so it's as we follow him and learn in this walk. So sometimes it feels like we're toddlers and we're learning to walk, <laughs> right, right? As we walk with him. 
But as we learn, in fact, to walk, it should. Yeah, exactly, it should. And then as like we that. do that, we 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 learn that he can be trusted because he never fails. One step at a time, he can be trusted. One step at a time, he can be trusted. And and so that is how we actually work this thing out, where we love each other in that process, and that love for one another. Believe it or not, you can love me even as an Eagles fan because of Jesus and what He has done. Is that, am I, are, yeah. Am I making sense? No, that makes perfect sense because the question that gets asked is like being born again, being born of God. It's hard to really grab a hold of that. Yeah. It seems like what does that look like? Like, like, yeah. like we can have a sense. Like we've known some people that we're like, my gosh, that person is what a Christian should be. Like you've known people like that. Maybe it was your mom. It was your grandpa. Something like there have been people like that. So you just, you kind of just know. What do you know about him? It's actually pretty consistent with what John is saying here. And, and the, the mark of this new life, like, because that's what John is giving us. He's giving mm-hmm. us this. There is, there is a mark. There is something that you will see. Correct. And participate in that reveals this new life. Right. So in other words, it's not just, you're not just going to walk into a gathering of people who say they follow Jesus and you'll hear about love. Like they'll yeah. talk about love or they'll say, I love you. Or, I love Jesus. That's right. Now you, you will actually, you'll feel it in your bones. That's right. You'll and, and, you'll see, and you'll see it with your eyes. Correct. And it's not just because, oh, I came to Jesus, I get the hat. Mm-hmm. Or I come to Jesus, I got the flag. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of like a little bike flag on the back now. So it ah, identifies yeah, all the little Christians. Go. Um, got a little tricycle you're on. And so the thing, that's right. The thing that we will see, he says in verse 11. Look at that. Very truly I tell you, excuse me, nope, back in John. Got to go back to 1 John. Uh, verse 11, dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Right, he's echoing these themes. How many times does he say love one another in this mm-hmm. passage? Because he's saying if you've been born of God, yes. you will love one another. And Why? Because, because God, God is, love, is love, and He brought you into the dance, and He showed us what son. love is, and He drew us into His love. Exactly. Yep. And now we walk in that. So if you don't love, then you don't know God. And that's what He says. I mean, it's really it's it's devastating. Like it's really straightforwardly devastating. Like oh, if you don't love, then you don't you don't know God. Take a little bit to stop and reflect on what God might be saying to you, and how you'll respond to Him today. Wherever you are on your journey of faith, we are here to serve you. Find us at centerpointnh.org and join us on the journey of living and sharing a life-changing relationship with Jesus.